Welcome to episode 19 of the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Today, Keith begins a series of conversations about recruiting leadership. When you are excited about your vision, you can create a plan to develop leaders and then start recruiting. Welcome to Leadership in Context, a conversation on leadership in the context of the local church. For show notes, email podcast at inourpastors.com. And now here's Keith Tusi. You know, it's that time of year we are making our plans. And if you've listened to the last couple podcasts, we've talked about scheduling and organizing to be efficient and effective. One of the top things I believe on every leader's list, whether you're a pastor or a business owner or a missionary leader, whatever it may be, community, civic leader, is that of reproducing yourself and raising up leaders. Uh, in some quarters, when you talk about raising up leaders, there's a great excitement. In other quarters, when you talk about raising up leaders, there's a great discouragement because many times there's been failure. Uh, sometimes we have to get over ourselves. Jesus had 12 and lost one of them. Uh, and a couple of other ones didn't actually produce a lot of fruit for quite a while. So I think sometimes the biggest hindrance to us really raising up leaders is getting beyond ourselves and getting a fresh look at the situation. Many times, without saying it, and sometimes even with saying it, pastors will say to me, well, I just don't have any leaders to raise up. So that brings us to another interesting dilemma or question or opportunity. Let me say this. Leaders are different than managers in this point. Managers will move the pieces they have around very effectively. Leaders will go out and get the pieces. They will make the pieces. They will carve the pieces. They will recruit the pieces. They will do whatever they have to get the pieces. That's really, in my mind, the difference between a leader and a manager. So this begs the question, is it legal, is it spiritual to recruit leaders? Well, I think Jesus did it. Looking at Matthew, the fourth chapter, and the 19th verse or 18th verse, now as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen, and he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Notice when Jesus recruited them, Two great statements. A, follow me. B, this is what will happen when you do. So I think when we are recruiting leaders, we have to say unequivocally, you've got to follow me. And also, this is where you're going to end up. So if you have people that want to end up somewhere, but they don't want to follow you, that doesn't work. If you have people that are trying to follow you and you're not clear with them where you want them to end up, or at least what the next best place for them is, it may not be their final resting spot, then it's going to be hard to recruit them. I take a couple moments here because earlier in my ministry, I don't, I don't think I believed in recruiting leaders. I think I more observed looking for the best leadership potential, kind of like the cream will rise to the top, and then by invitation, inviting those people in. And that is still a very valid method. But I think there can be a recruitment of leaders uh, when you're excited about your vision 
and you have a plan to help them become a leader. Of course, a lot of people say, well, what happens if you get somebody that doesn't fit? Well, you let them work themselves out of the situation, frankly. For instance, if I was in a situation and I was short on small group leaders and I couldn't identify who my next leaders were, or maybe I was frustrated with where some were at that weren't getting to the next place, sound familiar? I may say on a Sunday morning or in a newsletter or in a podcast or in our vision sheet or whatever we were doing or probably in all of the above, we are looking for small group leaders, and I would attach something to that, who want to help us pastor and care for the body or whatever your statement is for your small group leaders. If you're interested, there will be a training session that will happen on such and such a day. And I realize you don't know what you're going to get. But I, I can tell you from history that I've had more good surprises than bad disappointments. There are people that have ferreted themselves out. There's a few I've had to ferret out. But honestly, I've got some ringers in there that I don't know that I ever would have picked up on or it may have taken me months or even years to pick up on them. So how do you go about then that session? Well, the first session, what I would do, whatever it was for, I'm just using small group leaders because that's germane to a lot of churches, is I would, in that first training, I would talk about the job. This is what the job is. If you're a small group leader, you've got to have an hour of prayer every week. You've got to follow up on your people every week. You've got to fill out a form every week. You've got to visit people in the hospital. Whatever it is that they do, I'm not saying they should do that. Uh, in our small group leadership, our small group leaders really did help pastor, and they did do all those things. But whatever it is that you're expecting to do, lay the workload on them. Tell them what's going to be involved. Tell them about extra training. Tell them about when guest ministry comes to town that they've got to be at the leadership meeting. Tell them they've got to work their schedule around certain dates in the year that are coming up. Tell them that there's books that they're going to have to read. Lay that all out and then say, our next training will be, you know, a couple weeks later, whatever it may be. And at that point, then you start on the qualifications. What do, Now, you've already told them what the job is. Now you're going to tell them, who you need to do the job. And this is where you talk about church body issues, life issues, submission to authority, tithing, ability to get along, uh, servanthood, uh, those type of things, character issues. So you're going to talk about those things. And at that point, I would probably have an application at the end of that meeting, and I would pass that application out, and it would ask them very direct questions about some of the things I just mentioned and let them fill them out. Say, take these home and fill it out. And if you are still interested, please contact me or whoever is screening these people. And then at that point, I would do a personal interview with them to see where I thought they were. Then after that, that's when I would start the small group leaders actual training. Okay, here's what we're going to do in six months or three months. We're all going to be on this book. We're going to be launching an evangelism uh, emphasis. Here's three books you've got to read. You've got to become an apprentice. You've got to be part of somebody else's small group. Uh, you've got to commit to certain times in the prayer room, whatever it may be, Okay. So now you're bringing them up into a character situation. So in just two meetings, 
you've really solved a lot of problems. But more than that, if you got one or two or three leaders out of that that you may not have known, then all of a sudden you've started the snowball rolling in the right direction and you've communicated to the church that being part of the leadership, that you don't have to be part of a certain family, you don't have to be part of a certain clique. And listen, there's a lot of people in a lot of churches that believe that because they stand back and they look at the leadership and they see some of them have this last same last name, which is a blessing and not a curse, very clearly. And some of them have known each other, or they did this, they did that, and they have this perception that is not always true that you've got to be one of those to get into here. And by recruiting, by throwing the gauntlet out there, by turning the funnel open wide and giving people an entry point, now you've started something where you can really talk about raising up leaders so you have something to do. And now, you know, quite frankly, it's a great accountability for a leader like myself when I did things like that and when I do things like that I'm the most accountable person in the room because I've got to deliver now. I've got to produce the trainings. I've got to come up with the timeline. I've got to invest in people. I've got to spend time with them to find out if they're really going to work and this is really going to work out with them. So those are really critical things uh, that's going to force you to be clear. It's going to move you from that subjective realm of what are we looking for? Like terms like faithfulness and loyalty, they're great terms, but they're very subjective terms. Loyalty means ABC. Commitment means ABC. You've got to spell that out, and you've got to spell it out repeatedly all the time with the same words, the same nouns, the same adjectives, the same sentences, the same phrases, until it's so clear to people they're either getting it or they're asking about it. And that will begin to happen when you start recruiting leaders. So if you're looking at the field right now and you're not sure who's out there, or maybe you feel like you've even got a pretty good crop and you're ready to start something, I would consider throwing the gauntlet out there. Is there anybody here that wants to be involved in leadership? Now, let me just do a little bunny trail here. Let's make sure we're talking about leadership and not just deed doers. Because I think a lot of people in a lot of scenarios say They're looking for leaders, but really what they're doing is they're looking for people to do jobs and tasks, which is absolutely, positively legitimate. If I want somebody to do this task, then I'm looking for a person with a certain skill set or I can be trained. When I'm looking for a leader, I'm seeing God in them. I'm seeing something in them. I am seeing a starting point where they can be involved in ministry, hopefully. But I'm also saying the sky's the limit. Who knows what God is going to do with this person? Maybe they'll be the next pastor of this church. Maybe we're going to send them out. Maybe they're going to be an elder here for 20 years. Maybe they're going to be our missions director. Maybe they're going to take over another church down the road somewhere. We're going to send them out. I don't know. But leaders, real leaders who are being raised up, they can smell that. There's a fragrance of that as to whether they're just being raised up to do a job or you've really got the lid off and you're saying, look, I want you to be the best you you can be. But, of course, that has to happen in a a training segment. That has to happen through loyalty and commitment and faithfulness and integrity. Absolutely. But that's not the end of the road. Those are the qualifications. God needs called people that he qualifies. He doesn't just look for 
qualified people that he calls. And I think a lot of times in local church leadership, we get that backward. So I want to ask you this question, honestly. How clear is it to the average person that comes to church three times a week or three times a month? Wish it were three times a week. Remember those days? Well, maybe we're headed back to them. Who knows? But comes to church frequently. Who's a tither? Is a good person. To throw out the gauntlet and say, I'm looking for people, men and women, that are going to stand beside me and help me lead this church to help you find your spot where you can be part of the team. That will make you work, but it'll also make you smile because that is what will produce fruit. So I want to challenge you looking at your schedule this year. How many segments, how many places are there in that schedule right now where you're not just working with the existing leaders you have, but you are overtly, intentionally, objectively, clearly recruiting and making a way for new leaders? Now, you may say, well, you know, all those positions are filled. Well, I'd create some new positions is what I'd do. I'd create some new Groups of people. The elders are filled. The deacons are filled. The servant council's filled. The ad hoc committee's filled. Well, I'd get another group. I'd have some kind of a funnel where I could motivate and give those people a chance to rise. In my experience, thank God, I've always had people that I would have drafted low that ended up being better than a first-round draft pick. I think sometimes... We have to remember where we came from and either the people that did not give us a chance and showed no faith in us or the people that did give us a chance and showed some faith in us. Let's open up the doors of our church, but let's open up the funnel inside our church. Let's recruit some leaders and raise them up on purpose this year in Jesus' name. Hey, thanks for being with me for Leadership in Context. Today, Keith began a series of conversations on recruiting leaders. God needs called people that he qualifies. We need to be leaders that are overtly, intentionally, objectively, and clearly recruiting and making a way for new leaders. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at innerpastors.com. If you would like more information, check out our website, innerpastors.com. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at innerpastors. See you next week.